Generosity Path podcast, a space for global conversations with people from different walks of life about the impact generosity has had on them. It's a place of inspiration, encouragement, and hopefully joy as we hear about the transforming power and potential of generosity to change the world. Welcome to our friends around the world to the Generosity Path podcast. My name is J. Paul Frydenmaker, and I'm here with my good friend and the founder of Generosity Path, Daryl Heald. How are you doing today, Daryl? Yeah, hey, J. Paul, thanks. Yeah, excited today. Excited yes. for everybody to hear our, our next guest. Me too. We are so excited for our interview guest today. We're honored to be joined by Nikki Gumble from London. Nikki, how are you doing, sir? Very well, J. Paul, and very nice to see you and Daryl. Yes, it's great to be with you. Well, Nikki is an English Anglican priest and author, um, but he's most well known for being the developer of the Alpha Course, a basic introduction to Christianity supported by all kinds of churches all over the world. Um, Since 2005, he has been the vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton in the Diocese of London, the Church of England. So, Nikki, it is truly wonderful to to have you with us. Just start off by telling us a little bit about your family and your life in London and and your work. I've been married to Pippa for 43 years. We have three uh, wonderful children and nine grandchildren. And in lockdown, as we are in London at the moment, we have Henry is has a married to Janine, and they have two children. So they were, he was the last to get married, but they have two young children, a three-year-old and a five-month-old. So we're wow. locked down with Henry, Janine, <laughs> and two grandchildren. So we feel immensely privileged uh, to be in that position. That's great. Uh, Nikki, as you mentioned the, the, the lockdown, and, and of course 2020, it's been a crazy year for for everybody but what is the um what's a little bit of the context with the 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 church in the uk and then more specifically what is the what would you see kind of the state of generosity in the in the uk right now so uh well as you know covid19 is a horrible disease um and so many people have suffered uh loss of life loss of jobs loss of money um relationship loss of connection But God can take something horrible and use it for good. God is using COVID in many ways for good. And uh, that's why we've said to our church, this is not a moment for the church to retreat. This is a moment for the kingdom of God to advance. Um, And um, there's been an extraordinary outpouring of generosity, I would say, uh, in, so we've seen that in our church. We started something called Love Your Neighbor. So right from the moment of the first lockdown, we set up this right next door. There's a, uh, a building called Church House. We set up a, a food bank there. Um, and we have already, from that one building, we have delivered a million meals wow. in the last wow. year. And then we got together with churches right across the UK with the Catholic Church, with the Salvation Army, the Baptists, and we've, we're now delivering a million meals every month across the UK. And people have been extraordinarily generous. Mm. Even the government are match funding um, what we're doing. Or to, well, they've, they've given us actually four million pounds, uh, which is to... To, because they've seen the number of people that we're feeding. So it's not just it's not just a handout, it's a hand up. Um, it's helping people with debt counselling, mm. getting people back into jobs and so on. 
we haven't seen a drop in giving at all. We've seen, if anything, an increase in, in giving people. And of course, some people have not been able to continue giving. Some people have, have lost their jobs and so on, and that's very sad. But other people have really stepped up. We're going to um, mm. increase our giving because we can see there's a huge need out there. So we did that, and we did Love Christmas. Mm. We, did, we decided we wanted to give everybody who wouldn't get an, another Christmas present. Uh, a Christmas present this Christmas. So the homeless, prisoners, pe families of prisoners, mm. refugees. So we, we are one church, but we're on six different sites. One of our sites is um, uh, what we would call a, uh, an estate. It's a, an area of poverty. Um, uh, and um, on that, there's six, 1,600 homes, 5,800 people. And in each of them, we delivered a box. And the very first home, they knocked on the door uh, a woman answered the door. She said, I live on my own. I don't have a family. And this will be the only Christmas present I'll get this year. When they got back to the church, in the, the door, there were all these notes from people on that estate. We, we reached nearly 800,000 people. Uh, and some people got, you know, were getting cooked turkeys. Some people were getting, giving people amazing presents. Uh, we, we worked with some of the supermarkets uh hats for the homeless and gloves and scarves um and it's just been an amazing opportunity to reach people that very often the church doesn't reach some of the poorest people in the country yeah what what, what those are those are such great stories thanks for sharing that yeah thanks be to god that's amazing nikki you know i think about some of those stories people who um maybe uh, for the first time, or at least the first time in a long time, they get to be recipients of this incredible um, gospel-focused generosity. Um, but when you think of yourself, Nikki, uh, what are some of the early influences or memories that you, that you have that shaped the way you view generosity today? Well, my parents were incredibly generous. So my, my father was a refugee. He was Jewish, um, and um, he was he had escaped from Hitler's Germany, um, where many of my family uh, died in concentration camps. Um, and he came to this country as a refugee. He was accepted, but he had no money. And my mother also had no money. We never had new clothes growing up. We always had secondhand clothes. Uh, we were, but they were extraordinarily generous people. Um, and one of my mother's sayings was always be generous. And they demonstrated that in their lives. And I always say that, you know, to our, to our church, always be generous. That's great. Nikki, you're, um, as, as we, we mentioned at the, at the beginning, you're um, well known for the development of the Alpha course. And it's, it's, you know, it's all over the world. Why don't you give us just a quick update on, on the Alpha course, on where it is right now. And then just also, if, if there's any way that within the Alpha course you see the biblical message of generosity having an impact. So um, this has been an extraordinary season for Alpha. Mm. So when lockdown happened, we pivoted in lots of different ways. Love your neighbor, love Christmas. Our services went online and we found we were reaching people who couldn't catch because of they were uh, couldn't come because of disability or because of age or because they were traveling. And also people who wouldn't have come to church, people like Zacchaeus who uh, climbed a tree because he wanted to see, but he didn't want Jesus to see him. And people were able to come anonymously to our Sunday services. Mm. But what was the most extraordinary thing was 
and this is one area where I have been proved wrong, as you will know, many, many times, but I've been proved wrong because I didn't think Alpha would work online. But actually, I would now say Alpha works better online than in person. And oh. that is, I just okay. could not have believed I would say that. So many people who would never have come to Alpha came because they could. So we had a young mum. So Sam, the three-year-old, and she said, I could never have done Alpha. So she came, and of the people in our small group, we had two Muslims. Again, very hard for Muslims to walk into a church or into someone else's home, but they can explore online. So we had far more people on that course than we've ever had. We had 1,600 guests on our eight, just our local church Alpha course. And, uh, and then extraordinary things happened in that group. People came to faith. Um, and the Alpha weekend, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, what was extraordinary is on Zoom, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is not confused by Zoom. You know, I always say to people, you know, Jesus won't give you COVID. Jesus can come to your home. You're perfectly safe. Um, and uh, you don't need to social distance. So anyway, there all these people have come. Uh, so we had, we had a higher number of people attending, a lower dropout rate. We had 100% attendance at the weekend on a Saturday from 10 to 12.30. So uh, it's been mm. extraordinary, the opportunity. I think this can be a real multiplication now for Alpha. We'll do it in person when we can, of course, but right. there are a whole lot of people who would never come. Generosity has been at the heart of Alpha, as you know. It's a biblical principle, I believe, that people should hear the gospel free of charge. Mm. Paul said he would give anything. Uh, <clears throat> to make sure that people heard the gospel free of charge. Billy Graham never allowed anyone to pay to come to any of his events. And we have been absolutely determined that people will hear the gospel free of charge. Uh, one time, uh, about five years ago, people said, you know, all these people doing Alpha, why charge them at the end? Why didn't you, you know, once they've become Christians, on the last night, why didn't you say to them, now you've become Christians, um, one of the principles is you should give. And so on the last night of Alpha, the subject of the church, I put an envelope on the seats and I talked about giving. And this is the only in my ministry I've experienced this. The Holy Spirit left the room. It was like, I just felt, <laughs> Wow! it was, it was like, like, don't ever do that again. Um, because what does it say? Okay, so that was what the course was about. You only wanted mm. our money. Mm. And I said, I will yeah. never, ever, I'd rather give up doing Alpha than, than ever ask people who come on the course for money. So mm. the only way we can do it is through uh, the generosity of people. That's amazing. So right in the early days of Alpha in the US, when I, we were three or four years into it, Bob Buford, who wrote the book Half Time, he was on the board of Alpha USA. And he did a calculation. And, and he calculated that Alpha, the volunteer time, if you took the, all the volunteers, because every, every small group has two hosts, two helpers. Uh, and so you added up all the churches in, in the US that were running Alpha, all their volunteers, volunteer time, amounted to $250 million a year. Um, and the budget at that stage, it was a much smaller uh, operation, I'd say. The, the whole budget was only $2 million. And he said, rich guys like me should pay the $2 million because the churches are contributing $250 million. And so that's the principle on which we've worked. It, uh, initially, uh, 
all of Alpha's uh, costs were paid for by the congregation of HTB. But in, in, and we were very reluctant to ask anybody else to give. Uh, in fact, one of our congregation who, were give, who was giving to Alpha said our forefathers would have cut off their right arms to be able to give to this. This yeah. is such an extraordinary thing. He said, we don't want to give it to anybody else. Um, oh. But then we reached a stage where, um, uh, well, actually it was two American donors who were very generous and they wanted it translated into Chinese and into Russian. But they said they didn't want to give to a parish church. They wanted to give. So that's why we set up uh, another, we set up Alpha International. And then we had a donors meeting in 1998. Uh, and a whole lot of people turned up. And uh, we were trying to follow the Holy Spirit in all of this. And what happened was we raised on that night over a million pounds. And... Um, and one person came up to me at the end of the evening and he said, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to give. He said, I don't have the time. I'm a businessman. I work really hard. I would love to be able to host an Alpha Small Group. I just can't do it. But what you've done tonight is you've given me an opportunity yeah. to be involved in this. And I realized that we were actually depriving people of the opportunity to be involved by not asking people to give. So from then onwards, I've had no hesitation in saying to people, look, you can be involved in this either by hosting a small group, praying for it, or if you'd like to, you can be one of the people who funds this to make it possible so that every guest can hear the gospel free of charge. Wow, what a great story. I'd love, I'd love that. I love that. So is, you know, Nikki is, uh, is amazing as uh, Alpha is and things like that. We're also wondering too, just for you and Pippa, what are, what are some things that, that are close to y'all's heart for your, your own personal giving uh, outside of, you know, your church and, and, and Alpha, of course. Um, and, and, and like, how do y'all make those decisions? Well, uh, you know, I think I, I try to follow my mother's uh, principle of always be generous uh, always give to those who ask, you know, whatever it is. Um, uh, so e even even you know, the homeless on the street, if they ask, always give. Now, mm. now you don't necessarily have to give money uh, because that might not be the most beneficial thing to give to them. So, you know, I'll, I'll carry a little card in my pocket, which is an invitation to our homeless shelter. Um, mm. uh, you know, the, the, the men at the city gate ask for money and uh, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give to you. And okay. he, they prayed for them and they received their, their healing. So all, I think the principle is always give to everyone who asks. And we, we, we try to do that. Um, the, the vast majority of our giving is we give to HCB because I want to be the highest percentage donor. There's no way I could be the <laughs> highest donor to our church um, because I'm, I'm a clergyman in the Church of England but I want to be the highest percentage <laughs> giver in our church. Wow. I'm determined that we will be the highest percentage givers in our church. And that is the main thing. And then of course we do things like, you know, we have, um, we give to, to more sort of um, social action charities. And uh, yeah. my wife, Biver has, we have three children on uh, pictures of children on our fridge who are like compassion children okay. and all that kind of, of course there's, there's that, but, but the vast majority we give because we believe in what we're, the, the, the church is doing, love your neighbor, it's doing love Christmas, it's doing, it's giving to, to globally, 
Um, and um, and so I want to set an example to the congregation, and therefore that's that's the main the main amount of our giving. Why why do I encourage people to give? First of all, because it's more blessed to give than to receive. We all know that in our experience, even at Christmas, we get far more pleasure out of giving something to someone than receiving a gift. It is just more, more, there's more joy in giving than in receiving. And then secondly, it breaks the grip of materialism. There's only one way to break the grip of materialism in your life, and that's to give generously. Because money is a god. Mammon is a god. And it has, a, it has the power to grip and uh, uh, grip your life. And the only way to break it is to give. And when, when, when people t- start to give, that God will scream, don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, to, you have to break the power of that God by giving generously. And once you've broken the cons- constriction of, of that God, of money, uh, then it's a power that you have to break. And the only way you break mm. it is by giving generously. But once you've broken it, you discover the joy of giving, the liberation mm. of, of giving. And then, so you give because it's more blessed to give. You give because it breaks the grip of materialism. Uh, so many reasons. But another reason that you give is that you get so much more back in return. Jesus yeah. says, given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, mm. overflowing. And every, every generous giver knows that in their own experience that they have got far more out of giving than even the people that they give to. Amen. Amen. That will preach. Yeah, that will preach. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're coming in toward the, the, the uh, tail end of our time with you, Nikki. But, um, you know, like Daryl and I, you have, you've had the opportunity to travel all over the world. Um, you've been in all different kinds of cultures, including, um, you know, cultures where poverty is really uh, very high, you know, very poor cultures. But do you have some examples where you have seen, this is kind of the other end of the spectrum of, of what we've been talking about, where you've seen amazing generosity expressed in very poor cultures? I remember one of the first conferences we did in Russia. Uh, it was in Moscow, and as we drove a terrifying journey from the airport to the to the conference center, where the driver driving, I mean, like the craziness on the road. But as you went on along the roads, there were women standing on the roadsides holding one garment, and that was what they were trying to do. They were trying to sell one piece of clothing to feed their children, and when we got to the conference. Uh, you could see that people were so impoverished. Mm. Uh, uh, but what happened was that the, the delegates at the conference brought a sack of rice. Mm. Other people brought sugar. That They drank tea with like six spoonfuls of sugar because that was the only way they could get calories into their body and biscuits. And each of the delegates at the conference brought something that they could give so that people could share a bit of rice or a bit of wow. um, uh, biscuit or a cup of tea. And you just saw the extraordinary poverty of the Christians in Moscow at that time um, and their unbelievable generosity. Africa, I mean, the generosity we've seen in Africa amongst the poorest people uh, where, uh, you know, if they are lucky, they get one meal a day, one rice meal a day. 
um, and yet the generosity of the people, of people, people who've lost their, um, I mean, some of the countries in Africa uh, that we've been to where so many people have died of AIDS and there is such poverty. And yet the hospitality, the generosity is extraordinary. Um, and it's, it's like, it reminds you of Jesus with the, the woman uh, putting her, her, the woman's might, you know, and just, just her, everything she had to live on. And they're prepared to give you everything they have to live on. And it's deeply humbling and it's so moving. Nikki, one of the things I was <clears throat> in, have always been inspired by and re reading a number of missionary biographies, and of course, you know, the, the, the missions movement, you know, was started there in the UK with, um, and, uh, and, and one of the things that was always a, comp in, in a component of every story was God was calling a man or a woman like a Gladys Howard and uh, William Carey and, um, and all to different parts of the world. And at the same time, he seemed to be moving in giver's hearts to support yeah. that work and things like that. We're just wondering if you, I mean, obviously in the work you've been doing, you know, in your own church and of course with Alpha and these other things, just are there, is there a story or something there where, where you really feel like you've been, you know, it's this dual calling of someone maybe that has, that has been that, you know, giver uh, and supporter to, to really back you up as God's called you and Pippa to, to do what you've done, done. We, you know, we have seen so much generosity. I, I've just, I, I, sometimes I can't believe the generosity of our congregation. As I write the thank, you know, the, sign the letters, I, how can you do that? You're just so generous. Uh, I, you know, I, I, the way I start each day is I, I read the Bible in one, I do the Bible in one year because I think it's more important that Jesus speaks to me than I speak to him. And then I like to walk around the park. On the way up to the park, uh, I pass a big, um, what would you call it, apartment block. Um, um, and um, there's a man who puts the rubbish out every day there. Um, and um, I got to know him, his name is James. Um, and I would say, morning, James. And he always goes like, morning, boss, uh, whatever. And, and then about, about six months ago, uh, six months after COVID, um, as I was walk, going past, he came running after me and he, and he said, Nikki. And I didn't know he, he knew my name, but he discovered that I was the vicar of the church here. And he handed me an envelope. And um, it said on, on it, it said tithe. And there was, I think there was 200 pounds in there. And that must, Amazing. to him, must have been like a huge, a huge amount. Um, and consistently in the last six months, uh, he hands me an envelope um, with cash in it and with tithe written on it. Um, uh, and the reason he does it is because he can't get to his church anymore. And, but he wants to keep giving to the church. And so we use it for love your neighbor to get food to people who are in need. But I just think, oh, yeah. you know, even it's just it, Mother Teresa, we said, you know, she was always struck by the fact that, that even the people who are the poorest give um, yeah. and that, that we should accept it even from yeah. the poorest because it's, this is, this is the kingdom of God. As they always say, you can, you can, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And yes. um, giving is, is, is so beautiful. It's such a beautiful 
thing to see. And and I look at this young man's face and I see a beauty in his face. That's right. Uh, a, a beauty of generosity. He's doing such a humble task. He's just taking rubbish out every day. Yeah. But he's that he, you can see the light of the spirit of Christ who lives in him that's causing oh. him to give generously. Uh, oh. So that yeah, that's beautiful. That is a beautiful story. Thanks. Just beautiful. Well, Nikki, with that, uh, we want to thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Um, we say uh, thanks to our friends around the world for joining us today. We say thank you to James, who every day is is in the park, taking out the rubbish and modeling amazing generosity. So thank you very much. Thank you guys so much. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Generosity Path podcast. Pay it forward by rating, sharing and subscribing. To find out more about connecting your own passions and purpose with your giving, visit generositypath.org or engage in the conversation by following us on social media. Let's make the world a better place.